Today on the podcast, we're talking about music business management and how you can actually keep more of the money that you make as a musician. And I've got a few of my friends to give you some advice on the subject. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, hey, this is Brie Noble, and I want to welcome you to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. As I mentioned last week on the podcast, we just opened up registration for the Profitable Musician Summit 2019. And I'm excited to say that as of this recording and this being released, we have over 1,000 people already registered and we're still 12 days out from the start of the summit. So if you haven't gotten your free ticket, go over to ProfitableMusicianSummit.com and grab it right now. I told you last week I was going to be sharing some short snippets from our summit speakers on these next few episodes. And from last week's episode, I got a ton of great feedback. I had so many people say, oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear the full sessions. And just listening to this episode got me fired up and made me go and sign up over at ProfitableMusicianSummit.com. So on today's episode, I'm sharing several segments from some of our amazing speakers talking about how you can save money as a musician, how you can keep your expenses down, get more tax deductions, not give away the money that you worked so hard to earn, and just know exactly where you are as a business. My goal is twofold with these episodes. One, to make sure that you learn something even while listening to this podcast from our amazing speakers. And number two, to whet your appetite for the upcoming summit starting April 22nd. So before we get into the episode and all the great advice, I just want to give a shout out to our friends at Soundfly. If you haven't checked out soundfly.com, they have an absolutely amazing blog with articles on anything and everything you could ever imagine wanting to know about music. But the coolest thing about Soundfly is they have mentored courses, which means that you're not just going through a course, you're going through a course with a mentor to help you that actually looks over your work and makes sure that you're on track and keeps you accountable and can answer any questions that you have. So if you're interested in checking out their mentored courses, they have courses in all kinds of different areas of music. You can go to soundfly.com and you can use the code PROFITSUMMIT10 to get 10% off any of their mentored courses. That's PROFITSUMMIT10. Head on over to soundfly.com right now. I want to start off the discussion about music business management with an excerpt from my interview with Alexis Lewis. She runs Growth Group, which helps musicians like from small to indie labels all the way up to big labels and small artists to big artists, especially with their finances and their taxes. And she 
is letting you guys know the biggest mistakes that she sees artists making, which I think will help frame this whole episode so we can know how to start off on the right foot with our finances. A lot of times what we see is that people just have no idea or no plan for or system for how they're going to manage their finances. Um, and that involves like not keeping any records for what's happening in the business. So you don't have, for example, you have no idea. You come to me at the end of the year and you're like, Hey, I know I need to get my taxes done. And I say, sure, let's go. But what happens is then you say, okay, so what, what am I supposed to give you? And you don't have any of the ideas for what you spent or what you made. When you don't keep any records of what's happening in the business, then you're not sure if you're profitable. You're not sure if you should switch distributors. You're not sure, you know, who you paid or how much you paid them throughout the year. And all of that matters, not only for business management and money management purposes, but also for taxes. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times people start a business because they love what they do. And that makes perfect sense because you want to do something that doesn't feel like work. Um, But at the same time, Everything that we do, whether it's buying a guitar or, you know, a software or some plugins, all of those various things cost money. And so we want to manage what that's going to look like, both from a financial perspective, to make sure that you're not going broke, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, I guess the tax mistake that I see the most often is that people don't file at all. Um, They come to us and it's been somewhere between two and five years and they haven't filed taxes and they're not, they're, they're nervous because they're like, they're, you you know, the IRS is going to find me, aren't they? And they are Um, ignoring the problem doesn't make it go away. Um, And the longer you wait, the larger the penalties, the more the interest is. And so it's best to get those things out of the way as you go. So now that we know that we should be tracking our music investments, big or small, especially for tax reasons, what should we be investing in? That's always a question that I get. You know, what is a worthwhile investment? What makes sense? What is actually going to move my business forward and actually make me money? So I called in Tiana Cluis, who is more in the financial space, but she loves working with creatives because she does have a background in music. And I actually heard her on a podcast and I loved the way that she approaches business and accounting because it really fits well with the creative. She's trying to get rid of all the stuff that we don't need to do and just focus on, look, this is the essentials of what you need to do in your business. And you can get this done in like seriously 15 minutes a week if you know exactly what to do. But when it comes to figuring out what's a good investment, it really goes back to understanding what am I going to get out of this? So how is this investment going to make what I do better? And is it going to bring enough either time savings, cost savings, or additional revenue to justify making the purchase? For example, let's say that your current amp is just toe up and raggedy And as a result of your aunt being an absolute mess, you are actually losing gigs because people are having a negative opinion of your performance. But you know you're doing a good job. It's just that your aunt is messing everything up. Well, if I'm losing gigs and therefore losing income as a result of my aunt not doing what I needed to do properly, then yes, I need to make the investments in another aunt. But if, for example, It really wasn't that the amp was the problem. It really was, I just maybe didn't study the music enough. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't do what mm -hmm. I needed to do, then no, we're not going to invest in the amp because the amp isn't really the problem. The amp is not what's really costing me the money. So what is going to actually bring me additional income and how much additional income is it going to bring me? Let's say that I want to invest in something that is $5,000 and it has a, and maybe it has a lifespan of five years. So we'll say that that piece of equipment is essentially going to cost me a thousand dollars a year because it only has a five-year lifespan. Well, if that piece of equipment is going to bring in $200 a month, which is $2,400 a year, then that means that I'm making more money than what I spent on that piece <coughs> of equipment. But if the equipment is only going to bring me in an extra $20 a month, it's not worth it. And speaking of figuring out what's a solid investment in your music career and what you should actually be spending money on that is going to bring a return for you. I talk about this with Wade Sutton when we're talking about what to DIY and what to outsource. And he gives a solid answer of something that he thinks is always worth investing in and when it's time to invest in that. I, again, and I understand, I understand that sometimes you have to cut costs, but Photographs are one of the things that I tell people, look, it's just one of those things you're going to have to bite the bullet and put some money into because we are a visual society. We are so much a visual society that it has even permeated our language in the way we talk. Like if we're going to go to a concert and somebody says, hey, what are you doing tomorrow night? We don't say, oh, I'm going to go listen to Metallica. We say, I'm going to go mm -hmm. see Metallica because we are such a visual society. So photographs are one of those big things. I tell people, you don't want to cut corners there. You need to go find a good photographer. You need to have great images and you're going to get a lot of mileage out of those. That's one of the great things about photographs is you will get a ton of mileage because you're going to use them not just on social media, on websites, but you're going to use them in press kits. You're going to send those out to the media. They're going to go into newspapers, blogs, and, and all sorts of different things. They need to be not only high quality as far as the imagery and the artistic value of the photos, but you need to make sure that we have those in great high resolution files because I know a bunch of media people who I've spoken with in the past and one of their biggest pet peeves has been, I ask a music artist to send me pictures and the pictures that they send me are not high resolution and we cannot use them. Mm -hmm. I hear that so often. So... Oh, one of the early investments, once you have, a, have yourself at a point where you say, okay, I'm comfortable with the music that I'm going to put out there. We're going to start performing more. That's when it's time to invest in the photographs. And speaking of performing, I talk with Nancy Moran of Azalea Music about what we can do to cut costs while we're touring. Even if it's just a mini tour, even if it's just a weekend tour, there are a lot of costs related to touring that we don't think about and that we're not actually accounting for. And so we don't actually realize how much money we're making on a tour. So this is a really, really useful discussion. And this is just a little piece of it. I, I think most musicians don't think about the expenses. So to me, that's the first step is you have to understand what your expenses are. When you're on the road and even some expenses that happen before you go on the road, which or in essence, expenses for that trip, such as, did you have to ship CDs ahead of time? There were shipping costs. Did you have to send a physical press kit? I know a lot of people don't do that anymore, but some people do, depending on the type of gig, they want a physical press kit. That costs you money to print it, and it costs you money to send it. So, But those are all costs that you had 
to get this gig. So it's part of the expense for that gig. And nowadays too, like I remember back in the day, I would bring CDs in an extra suitcase and it didn't used to cost extra. Right. It does. Yeah, you're sure right it does. Unless you're flying Southwest. Right. There's, there's the first tip of the day. They, okay. they should change it to CDs fly free. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I actually adore Southwest as an airline and we, uh, as the babes, again, myself personally and as the babes, we used to fly Southwest all the time for exactly that reason because we were actually checking guitars. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't do that, but I've got a case specifically so I can check my guitar. So I had a suitcase and a guitar and those went for free. And when we went, when we went on another airline, that was like 60 bucks, oh, Yeah, you know? So that's a great expense to think about that people don't think about. In fact, people don't even think about it when they book an airline sometimes. They're looking at the cost of the ticket, you know, versus the cost on Southwest. And, whoa, this one's cheaper. Yeah, but did you count the fact that you're going to be paying 60 bucks each way? Ooh, yeah. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I want to cap off this conversation about music business management and money management with a short clip from my friend Moshe Amsel, who I pulled into this summit, not because he's in the music industry, but because he's specifically in the financial industry and works with a system that I absolutely love called Profit First. If you've ever heard of the book by Mike Michalowicz called Profit First, it really changed the way that I look at my business and I think everyone should look at their business, especially as solopreneurs as we are as musicians. And you know, heck, I'm an accountant and it changed my mindset about the way that I run my business. And I'm not always perfect, but going by the Profit First system has really helped. So I asked him, you know, using Profit First, is that something that you should do once your business gets big? Or could anybody use this, even if you're just a, you know, a a solopreneur, a very small business, a hobbyist, you're just doing music for the fun of it, but you would like to actually make a little money so you can do more music. And this is what he had to say. So I am going to flip that around and say solopreneurs have to use Mm -hmm. profit first. Now, I'm not standing here telling you what you have to do, but Mm -hmm. if you want to thrive, you have to learn how to manage your cash when you're dealing with a small amount of cash. As the cash gets bigger, whatever you're doing today is just going to happen on a larger scale. So you need to get those good habits today when, you're, when, you, when the dollars are small, the problems are small, and figure out how to manage that and how to operate from that place so that if you hit it and you make it big, that money doesn't disappear because you're already disappearing the small amount of money. I really resonated with that. It reminded me of something that I've experienced in parenting in that, you know, I used to think it was so hard to be a parent when you have little kids. And a friend of mine that had older kids and adult children said, you know, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. And I was like, yeah, right. But then, you know, as my kids grow up, I, I see what she meant. And if you learn how to to communicate with your kids and how to really figure out a style and a way to parent when they're little, you know, you got to adapt that, of course, as they get older, but you've got that basis. 
Whereas, you know, with money, same thing. Like when you've got a small amount of money and you learn how to manage that and you've got a system for it, then when you get bigger and you've got more money to work with, you don't just completely blow that. You know exactly what's happening with that money. And, you know, I'm working with my daughter on this with like, you know, she has five different buckets that she puts her money in every week. And, you know, hopefully when she gets older and she's an adult, you know, she still has that bucket for savings. She still has that bucket for charity. You know, even though right now that's only a few dollars a week, that's just a habit that she's getting into. So obviously when I talk with Moshe on the summit, we're going to get full on into the Profit First system. And I think you guys will really love the way that this works because it makes more sense than the traditional accounting system. And if you've had a hard time wrapping your head around the accounting system or you've just avoided it, this is something that you can do that makes it like easy and intuitive and makes you feel like you're you're really making progress and being able to to enjoy and celebrate the money that you have instead of always feeling like, you know, where did all the money go? So I hope you've enjoyed listening to these different speakers from the summit. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the whole sessions. And of course, again, I want to let you know that you can always sign up for the summit. It is totally free. You can be able to access these interviews for 48 hours once they're released on, you know, each day of the summit throughout the 10 days. And all you have to do to do that is go to ProfitableMusicianSummit.com and register. And I cannot wait to see you there. Make sure you sign up on the next page for the Facebook group so we can all have discussions about the sessions and you can ask questions of the speakers. Many of the speakers will be in there and it will be just a really great time for us all to explore and learn more about managing our money as musicians. And I'll be back next week with another podcast giving you a sneak peek. We're getting closer. The opening day is the 22nd of April. So until then, I want you to continue to make great music, connect with your audience, and grow your business. Hey, this is Bree Noble, and I am so excited to introduce you to my upcoming online music event, the Profitable Musician Summit 2019 the only global music event to focus 100% on helping you to make and manage your money so you can finally get on the path to profitability. You'll learn from experts like Carrie Cole, Graham Cochran, Ari Herstand, Ariel Hyatt, Rick Barker, Indiepreneur, and so many more. Just go to ProfitableMusicianSummit.com to register to get your free ticket to the biggest virtual music event of 2019. Last year's summit was all about increasing your income. This year, we're teaching you how to make more money and keep more of what you make so you can confidently become the CEO of your musician business. It's time to get smart, get profitable, and get back to making music. The summit includes 10 days of amazing sessions, plus a live opening and closing party with surprise guests, tons of giveaways from our speakers, and more. So don't miss out. Go to ProfitableMusicianSummit.com, register for your free ticket today, and I will see you at the summit.